With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you.
Happy Thursday. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be with all of you. Uh, I have missed you since Tuesday. We had a fantastic show on Tuesday. I want to thank all my guests, my audience, my amazing co-hosts and sponsors. You guys are all incredible. Uh, don't forget, we are now listened to in now 23 different countries. As of now, it's 23 different countries and on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody remember, we are coming out with a brand, a brand new system on my network here in the next couple weeks with many names, uh, notable names of people that will be having their own shows. And as the time gets closer, I will announce more about that and share the details. Um, very, very excited to uh, uh, be able to present that to all of you. Uh, I want to I wanna welcome um, to the show uh, businessman, Twitter master, activist, and political strategist, Bill Lambert. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you feeling, Rory? Feeling better? Yeah, feeling well. Good to have you here, man. Uh, I also want to welcome to the show um, doctor, award-winning speaker, professor, veteran, technology expert, best-selling author, and commissioner of Parks and Recreation for Maricopa County, Dr. Bob Branch. How are you, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, Rory. Thanks for having me on a Thursday night. I'm glad to hear you're feeling better, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Um, I also want to welcome to the show nationally syndicated radio talk show host, lobbyist, successful businessman, public speaker, political consultant, strategist, and activist, Clint Bellows. How are you, my friend? Well, I, uh, I'm delighted to be with you, Rory. I didn't know you were you were ill. I'm glad you're back. And uh, um, your first two guests are tremendous. I've heard both of them before on the show, so I, I feel lucky to be in, in, in that company tonight. Thank you for having me on. Well, absolutely. I also want to welcome to the show uh, popular talk show host, 2024 presidential candidate, activist, and best-selling author, Daryl Kane. Welcome back, Daryl. How's it going? Hey, brother. I'm, uh, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm still very uh, sleep-deprived, but uh, hopefully we'll make it through this. And like to echo what Clint said, sounds like we've got a terrific cast and haven't even introduced Kevin DeKuyper yet. So this is going to be a really exciting night. Everyone uh, tuning in, go to DarylKane2024.com and uh, enjoy your Friday, Junior. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I'm still waiting for Kevin to call in. I'm sure he'll call in uh, pretty soon. Uh, Rory, guys, Rory, I want to get into my... Okay. Go hey, ahead. Rory, I had a question for Daryl. If Daryl's sleep-deprived now, we're only in 2019. Are you gonna Are you gonna stay awake until 2024, Daryl, or what's your what's your, what's your strategy? <laughs> Clint, you know what? We got you and me keep in touch, and uh, you'll you'll help me stay awake. Yeah, you know, we're gonna we'll, we'll uh, have some we'll have a cup of coffee. We'll we'll get through it. Okay, sounds good. Brother. Sounds like good a to hear your voice. All right, same here. Um, guys, I wanna I wanna talk about uh, the whole Russia thing. You know what? I know we talked about it in the opening segment the other night, but I want to get a little more into it. Uh, I mean, the the fact that they keep talking and mentioning Russia, 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 it's like, like I said the other night, it's a broken record. They're going to obsess and dwell over it for until 2020, like they have been for the last couple of years. I mean, this is not going out of, of the loony left brain. Uh, they are they are still convinced that Trump colluded with Russia. They are still convinced 
everything about the everything that was heard, said to them on mainstream media like CNN and MSNBC is true. I mean, these people are sick and demented. Uh, I want to play what Trump uh, said yesterday uh, when he was asked about uh, Russia, and he was asked about a couple other things, but I want to play his quick recap. And, uh, you know, guys, it really is time uh, to move on, do bigger and better things besides trying to obsess about uh, something that's not there. We know the Russian collusion narrative is completely fake. It, it never had any merit. It never existed. It, it was a complete phony uh, story that the left came up with. And, and, you know, it's really sad that they've misled their voters this far. Uh, but let, let's, let's play this clip. So the stock market and our country, from an economic standpoint, is doing the best probably it's ever done. We're hitting new highs again. We've hit new highs, I guess, close to or over 100 times since I'm president from the time of the election. Uh, unemployment numbers are the best they've ever been by far. Uh, we have almost 160 million people working today in the United States. That's more than we've ever had working in our country before. We're doing well on trade. We're doing well with China. Things are going good. I'm bringing the first lady right now. She's worked very hard on the opioid crisis. We're down about 17% from last year, which is pretty amazing. We're down 17% with the opioid problem. It's a big problem. It's a big addiction, and uh, we're handling it. The doctors are working with us. The labs are working. The clinics are working. The pharmaceutical companies are working with us, and we've made a tremendous amount of progress. John, go ahead. Well, the subpoena is ridiculous. We have been, I have been the most transparent president and administration in the history of our country by far. We just went through the Mueller witch hunt where you had really 18 angry Democrats that hate President Trump. They hate him with a passion. They were contributors in many cases to Hillary Clinton. Hate him with a passion. How they picked this panel, I don't know and they came up with no collusion, and they actually also came up with no obstruction, but our attorney general ruled based on the information there was no obstruction. So you have no collusion, no obstruction. Now we're finished with it, and I thought after two years, we'd be finished with it. No, now the House goes and starts subpoenaing. They want to know every deal I've ever done. Now Mueller, I assume, for $35 million, checked my taxes, checked my financials, which are great, by the way. You know they're great. All you have to do is go look at the records. They're all over the place. But they checked my financials, and they checked my taxes, I assume. It was the most thorough investigation probably in the history of our country. I think I read where they interviewed 500 people. I say it's enough. Get back to infrastructure get back to cutting taxes, get back to lowering drug prices. That's what, uh, really, that's what we should be doing. Well, we're fighting all the subpoenas. Look, these aren't like impartial people. The Democrats are trying to win 2020. They're not going to win with the people that I see, and they're not going to win against me. The only way they can maybe luck out and I don't think that's going to happen. It might make it even the opposite. That's what a lot of people are saying. 
The only way they can luck out is by constantly going after me on nonsense. But they should be really focused on legislation, not the things that have been... This has been litigated, just so you understand. This has been litigated for the last two years, almost since I got into office. Now, if you want to litigate, go after the DNC, Crooked Hillary, the Dirty Cops, all of these things. That's what should be litigated, because that was a rigged system. And I'm breaking down, I am breaking down the swamp. If you look at what's happening, they're getting caught, they're getting fired. Who knows what's going to happen from now on, but I hope it's, I hope it's very strong. But if you look at drain the swamp, I am draining the swamp. Thank you. So there you have it, guys. I mean, this, this whole investigation should have never even been started. Just like I say many times on the show, it's the epitome of a witch hunt. It's the definition of a witch hunt. I mean, they didn't like the answer they got, so now they subpoena, uh, you know, people try to subpoena people in a Trump organization, people all over the place trying to get information about Trump's business transactions from his past, all this different stuff, trying to go after his kids. I mean, this is absurd. Uh, nobody has ever gotten abused more in political history. I mean, what Trump has had to deal with and take is no, not too many people could handle it. I mean, this guy handled it like a, like a pro. I mean, this, it seems like nothing bothers him. He just keeps going. He's invincible, unstoppable. I mean, the, 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 amount, the kind of balls Trump has, giant brass balls. This guy is unbelievable. We have – think about this, though, guys. You have 500 people that were interviewed with the Mueller investigation. Uh, we all know they would have gotten him before the election – had there been any sufficient evidence, the last person they wanted in office was Donald Trump, except the deep state and, and the left and the, the, the Justice Department. All these people that were associated with Obama, this is the last person they wanted in there. I, I strongly, I mean, I pretty much know. I'd say 99% sure that you know that if there was anything on Trump, they would have had it before, they would have got it before the election to try and bring him down. And the best they could come up with is him saying on tape for five seconds that he grabs women by the pussy, which his statement was, was actually correct. When you are famous, when you're that powerful, yes, they let you do it. Women will do whatever it takes to move ahead in life. We know that. That is the truth. That is not a secret. And the fact that everybody on the left tries to act so appalled and so disturbed by that comment is pathetic. Uh, I'm happy the tables are, are going to turn. Trump's going to go after the people that started investigating him. He's going to go after these people. He's not going to let them get away with it. We have a new sheriff in town. We have a guy who doesn't back down from anybody. He's not a, that, that is a, a wimp. He's a guy that will take anybody on. We've seen it firsthand. Uh, you know, th- this is, th- with this Justice Department, what they've done with the FBI, with the DOJ, all this corruption with this investigation, it makes you wonder how many other things were they getting away with that we do not know about. We're hearing about more and more stuff every day that's coming to light, and I think it's going to continue to. And, and it really is a blessing having Trump in there because none of this stuff would have ever came out if it was Hillary Clinton in there. Let's face the facts, guys. And the Democrats know this doesn't exist, Russian collusion, but the reason they're pushing it, the reason they're giving Trump a hard time is because they know they can and because their supporters are going to eat it up. They know this. 
And the Democrats are trying to win in 2020 with all of this anti-Trump rhetoric and the victim stance, the no accountability. And what they're doing is they're distracting us from the real problems that are going on, like our border that had 300,000 illegals travel through our country so far in 2019 from Mexico and from countries down south that are coming in. This is unbelievable. And it was just announced that Department of Homeland Security has been releasing 7,000 illegals into U.S. in five days and 1.4 thousand released every day. This is insane. It is insane. We've got so many real problems going on, and we know that the Democrats like to distract from all these different things that we need to deal with to try to stall the Trump agenda. It's so anti-American. It's pathetic, uh, and they, they, it shouldn't be tolerated. Uh, Dr. Branch, I'll start with you. You're cutting down a little bit. Well, I was going to say, is this a little go, better? There you go. Oh, okay, better. great. I, I could I could listen to President Trump speak all day long. I mean, he just gets yeah. right to the point, and you know, and and he's so logical. Do you remember mm-hmm. in 2012 when Barack Obama on a hot mic looked at President Dmitry Medvedev of Russia and said, "Hey, listen, when I'm reelected." I will have more flexibility more to negotiate. Putin. That's right. More more flexibility to uh, uh, to negotiate this missile defense after the 2012 election. I mean, to yep. me, that just tells who was in collusion with whom. And you know, this this whole issue, like you brought up. I mean, we live on the border state. We see it all the time. We see the buses pull off and pull up and just. You know, catch and release now, and and this is getting to be a huge problem in this state, Texas, California, and several other states. It has to be solved. It has to be, uh, you know, it, it, it's got to be bipartisan issue. You know, I I heard one of the the U.S. senators from uh, Arizona here, and she was a Democrat. She's calling for bipartisan uh, action to actually solve this crisis. But it's just not happening. President Trump is absolutely 100% correct. We've got to look at the opioid crisis. We've got to look at what's happening at our borders. We have to solve these issues, and we have to solve them now. And plus, we've just seen what happened in Sri Lanka. There's another issue that nobody's even talking about. Yeah, yeah, all these different issues. Uh, it's one thing after the other. and. You know, on a side note, and, and, you know, this might shock some people what I'm about to say, but, you know, you brought up Kristen Cinema in Arizona is trying to work on a bipartisan deal. I will tell you, Kristen Cinema has uh, surprised me quite a bit, uh, you know, since she's been elected. She's gone bipartisan on several things, and I'm, I'm pretty thankful for that. You know, I don't, I don't agree with everything she does, uh, but there are some things that she's gone in, on, on the side of Trump with, and, I applaud her for that. Don't you, Dr. Branch? You know, I, I am very, like you said, I am pleasantly shocked, but I am pleasantly shocked. In other words, you're absolutely right, Rory. You know, she's standing up and she's saying, you know what, this is a huge issue and we need to solve it. And to me, to hear a Democrat say that when we have somebody like Rahul Grijalva that would never say yeah. anything like that, you know, yes, I, I do applaud. I do applaud her for that. Absolutely, Rory. Uh, yeah. 
yeah, for sure. Um, I'll I'll go to you, Bill. Bill in Texas, go ahead. Well, I I you know it, we have to solve it, but the the Democrats they don't want to solve it and they don't have to solve it because their end goal is to usher in either by elections and and people are by by the circumstance a socialistic yep. type style governance and the way you do yep. that is to put 1500 people on the street every day day in day out day in until you break the system yep. and when the system is broke you can't operate that system now with with the democrats and this this russian thing i, I think it's like a, fi- a chinese fire drill I think they've convinced themselves. This guy lies about this, and then this person lies about that, and I, they believe him, and she believes her, and and it, it goes around and around. They've convinced themselves of of this 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 fallacy that they've created. Now the you know the shifts and the the Swalwells and the Pelosi's and the Clintons and. They they know exactly what's going on, and that's where you know if you're they keep saying about the Russians they they messed in our elections and but everybody never comes to the point where it says that was Obama that was Rice yeah that Obama did nothing about that was it Harry. no he let it happen so everything that happened in the 2016 election is at the feet of Obama not not at Trump. Trump was a, a bystander getting into the system. He's like, you know, yep. you can't if you if you're at a carnival and you get on a Ferris wheel and and the mm-hmm. the cart falls off, you can't say, well, that guy used to cause the cart to fall off. No, it's the guy who exactly. runs the carousel that's fault that the reason it fell off. Now the, the the difference we have now is is that that this bar has just as big a set of uh, of cojones as Trump. And he does. He's at a point in his life where he's made his mark in history, and, and he's not going to. He he don't care. You could say, you know, Schiff can get in his face and say, we're going to do this and that and this and that, and he's going to look at him and go, I don't care. And and he, he this Rosenstein might be might you know if you look at that look he had when when Barr was making that announcement, that guy looks sick, and I think. That maybe Barr has seen enough to, and remember, we got two inspector generals looking into all this. And in this next week, we're going to have a report from one of the inspector generals on Comey's behavior, as far as FISA and them treating Trump and all that. But the Rosenstein, Barr might have went to Rosenstein and said, "Look, you you, you can either go down, or you can help me." Now, which one do you want, Mr. Rosenstein? Because you and I both know it. Look at this corruption and look at this crimes, and I'm not going to stop. And people are going to go to jail, and I'm going to indict people. Now, you want to be one of these guys that that works on the inside, and we won't. You won't have to go to court. You won't have to plead out. You won't get into any of these entrapments of perjury or anything like that. But you're going to help me 100 percent, or you're the enemy. Yeah. I could, I could definitely, I could definitely see, yeah, that happening, absolutely, um, and I, and I think you're onto something. Clint, go ahead. Two major components now. I mean, there are multiple investigations that are con- going to continue on because, as some of your other learned guests mentioned, and you, they are distractions. They do keep Trump occupied. They keep resources. I believe uh, would the Mo- would the Mueller uh, committee spend thirty five million dollars of taxpayer money to come up with absolutely nothing. Uh, there was a movie on years ago that talked about the Manhattan Project, and uh, 
I think that if they were going to do a, an update of that movie, they would feature Gerald Nadler as Fat Man and Adam Schiff as Little Boy. And uh, because <laughs> those are the two, uh, uh, Fat Man and Little Boy, okay? Uh, pencil neck geek Schiff, who beat a good friend of mine, Jim Rogan, by tarring and feathering him in California years ago. Uh, Rogan led the uh, House Judiciary Committee uh, uh, impeachment investigation of Bill Clinton, and it cost him his seat. Jim Rogan's a, a great guy. You ought to Google him. He's a, a great writer, and uh, he's a district court judge in Los Angeles now. Is uh, a regular guest on my show. Uh, but uh, they will continue these phony investigations. And we all know that there really are various levels of intellectual capacity and capability and curiosity and ability. And when you start talking about uh, AOC or Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, who made her, uh, who made her uh, uh, political bones on, on her back in California under Willie Brown, let's just be candid about it. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, she took one bone in, uh, on a pretty serious basis, I guess. But anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be off color, but. But uh, she, no, she, uh, it, it, uh, yeah, she she got that she did it for Willie. You know, whatever Willie wanted, Camilla was there for him. <laughs> well, and Trump does a great job of characterizing these people. He says Benno is fading fast. He hopes the gay guy, and I'm not coming out against gays, but this guy, this 37 year old mayor, is off the charts. And and, uh, mayor and then, of course he talked about Cam. <laughs> yeah, Mary Pete, and he talked about Camilla as having a particularly nasty sense of humor, which she does have. Um, you know, there, there really are these – are, these are sham things run on a very superficial level uh, for the benefit of the whatever it is, the 47 or 45 percent of the American public that don't keep up with things that just, you know, they're given to, you know, voting the way their parents did without any thought. They're, they're, they're given to uh, uh, falling into uh, groupthink, if you will. They, they listen to – if they listen at all, they listen to the – Network news, perhaps, and we know that ABC, NBC, and CBS still have a, a huge edge in the total number of listeners, even over Fox. I mean, Hannity had uh, the president on tonight, as you probably, you, you gentlemen probably all saw, and he did a great time, get a great job with the president. And Trump was on his game. I'm like uh, our good friend from Arizona, who, uh, who who indicates he could listen to Trump forever. I'm kind of in the same category. Um, but I would just say that, um, you know, I, I don't know what, what Hannity's uh, overnights will look like tomorrow, but if there were 2 million people listening to that show, out of 330 million, I'd be amazed. So we've got to find ways, uh, which is one of the things Rory Sauter is doing, uh, to increase the audience and to get more people thinking about what's going on. As Napoleon Hill said, think and grow rich. Uh, think and keep your freedom, as Ronald Reagan said. It has to be fought and won every generation. And uh, yeah. uh, you know, we've got an awful lot of people that are pretty lazy. Uh, who was it? Uh, I forget the guy's name, uh, uh, but he talked about stinking thinking, and we have an awful lot of that. And it, and to some extent, as uh, one of your former speakers, I don't remember which of the the four gentlemen mentioned. Uh, um, that they know what they're doing. This guy Swalwell, honestly, gentlemen, have you ever heard a bigger idiot in your life than this guy? He's the guy that said we're going to kill conservatives with nuclear weapons. Okay, how are you going to yeah. do that? Okay, how how exactly does that work? <laughs> Is that a neutron bomb or what? I mean, the things these people say are just unbelievable. 
So uh, that's my two bits for now. Very, very well said. Very well said. And yeah, I mean, you got you got soy boys like Swalwell and soy boys like Booker. I mean, these the Democratic men are the biggest wimps of all wimps. I mean, these guys, you know, it's just uh, it's pathetic. They, I mean, they're basically women. I mean, they, they, they you know, I, I'm not putting women. There's a lot of strong women, but you know what I mean. These guys don't have. These guys have no. It's like their testosterone is. It's like they don't have any. It's, it's, these guys are wimps, man. Um, let's go to uh, Daryl. Daryl, go ahead. Yeah, well, actually, uh, testosterone rates uh, dropping to alarming rates in uh, many men in, in this generation. And I'm sure that the leftist ones are really skewing those figures as well. So uh, interesting topic. Nice Napoleon Hill reference. I like slipping that in there, Clint. I, I read his other book, uh, Outwitting the Devil, as well, uh, two, two excellent books. And that's something wow. that's really been rebranded a lot. Yeah, yeah, that was one. I remember when I was very young, I was getting started in, in some, some business, and someone said, you know, as a young guy trying to get somewhere, this is a book you've got to read. And, uh, you know, I read it. It's a good book. And you see, you see that it's been completely rebranded, the, the concepts of that. Uh, you know, the, what is it? Um, what is the name of that? The, the secret. Yeah, the secret, the idea of right. you know, projecting right. your own. Some of that's a little bit goofy for me. You know, the thing where it's like you write on a piece of paper how much money you're worth and you put it under your pillow and, and the, the magic dream fairy, you know, comes and, and uh, makes it work for you. But uh, I'm getting a little bit off, off uh, a little bit of a tangent here. I love it, though. But I think I something – yeah. <laughs> uh, Clint, you, you and I are going to have to do like a, a full show sometime and just, just jam out. We're going to have to make that happen yeah, we, soon. We'll, um, we'll definitely do that. Yeah, we'll – we got to do something. Ed, Rory, you come too, of course, but, you know, Rory's yeah. got a little mouth on him. We got to be careful. If we, if we have an older demographic, we don't want to, uh, we don't want to freak him out. But, uh, yeah, you know, one thing that I think is really interesting about the whole Russia thing, um, I, I started taking note of what was going on in Russia, really, I think maybe, what was it, five or six years ago when the Sochi Olympics was going on, and there was this huge, huge outrage because, the globalists were, you know, they were having the Olympics in Russia, and their expectation was that Russia was going to make it, you know, a celebration of some sort of bisexual orgy of all sorts of degenerate things. And, you know, Putin and Russia said, you know, no, we're going to make this a celebration of our cultural or rich cultural history, and this is not something that we celebrate in our nation. And I noticed a, a very uh, stark contrast from, you know, the treatment and the perception of Russia prior to that event and, and afterwards. Um, and, I, I mean, I, and to me, that may so be more so my perception of when I started to take note. But, but I, I, you know, I was applauding them at the time for it because this was the first time that I had seen a prominent uh, European leader actually push back on political correctness. And, you know, this kind of started me down where I started looking at these things. And, and then you, you find that in Eastern Europe, Eastern Europe is rejecting political correctness. And these nations, and you can say what you want about them, and I'm not endorsing you know, these people. There's, I'm sure that there's a lot of underhanded things that have gone on. Uh, but to their credit on a particular thing, I will say to their credit, Russia, you can talk about income inequality and these types of things and corruption. That may all be true. However, Russia is still for the Russians. And I give them credit for that, 
because France is not still for the French, right? So, I mean, and we talk about where Europe is going to be in 10, 20, 30 years. We talk about France being probably the first domino to fall, most likely. France and Germany are kind of racing into the abyss. Um, and we look at the trajectory of Western Europe. And uh, Eastern Europe, as far as I'm concerned, has, has shown tremendous leadership on uh, social and cultural issues. Uh, they, ha- they have, I think, very good legislation about how to deal with the propagandizing of children regarding sexually deviant content in schools. I think that's a great blueprint of how they have it set up over there. So there's a lot of things I think that, uh, frankly, I think that, that, um, that we could benefit from uh, looking at more closely on our own. So I, I always kind of viewed part of this Russian collusion thing as a, as a component of it being to actually make Trump gun shy about actually uh, pivoting into and, and uh, normalizing relations with Russia. Because we are outside of the Cold War, and we are now dealing in a new dynamic. This is a globalist versus a nationalist dynamic. This is not a communist versus a capitalist dynamic. And the reality is, is that uh, you know, what needs to happen is that men, alpha men, patriarchal men, need to assume their rightful place in leadership positions and come together. And I think that the greatest potential threat to the globalist establishment is actually a positive relationship between the Trump administration and the Putin administration. So I always think this is a part of this was that this was about just completely terrifying them from even picking up the phone and, and communicating. So, um, you know, yeah, the collusion stuff is, is nonsense, but I, I've spoken about this before and I'll talk about it again. A, you know, a new global realignment where, you know, we start maybe circumventing some of these Western European nations and we start communicating more and not just with Russia, but countries like Hungary. Hungary has put out some tremendous pro-family policies. Okay, they look at a situation where they say that, uh, you know, we don't have the adequate birth rate you know, for, for, to continue to repopulate our country. So the Western European response to that is, in, okay, so then we need to bring in third world barbarians to replace them. Hungary took a different approach. They looked at it and they said, okay, so let's come up with some policies to incentivize healthy families producing healthy offspring, right? So they've enacted a common sense approach. And they don't want the globalism, and we don't want the globalism. So as far as I'm concerned, any nation that rejects political correctness is a natural ally of the United States, and these are countries that we want to be organizing with. We want to be organizing global summits. I've talked about this before. Uh, White genocide is a humanitarian crisis. You need countries to come to the table and address these things the way that we address other humanitarian crises, right? Other things, AI, technology. The future of technology, there's a lot of dangerous implications. I was talking about this earlier today. Uh, The technology, the free market, some of the stuff that is potentially coming out in the next 10, 20, 30 years, this stuff is going to have dramatic uh, impact on on the reality in which we live in. Things like designer babies, this concept that, you know, you can pick and choose uh, preferable genetic traits in your children. Uh, This to me is, is there are deeply concerning moral, ethical, and existential concerns about all of these things. And, you know, the problem is, is that if one country does it and another country doesn't, doesn't do it and they're opting out, they become at a disadvantage. So we need to be globally coming together, people that are, that are grounded in a moral foundation, right? Because technology is a good thing. It's all well and good. It is not salvation. 
and a nation cannot allow technology to supersede the, the moral and the spiritual foundation of that nation. So uh, I think, again, just to, to uh, hammer my point home here, a big aspect of this is about actually preventing a normalizing of relationships between us and Eastern Europe, which I think is going to be very pivotal to enacting the, the sorts of reforms on a global scale that we're going to need to really start pushing the darkness back into the abyss. Very, very well said. Very well said. I uh, I do want to get uh, – I believe uh, AJ from uh, Houston, Texas, political activist and strategist who's appeared on Sean Hannity's radio show many times, is on the phone. AJ, is that you? Big time what's going on. How you doing, man? I'm sure you've been listening. What are your thoughts on everything that we've been talking about? Well, one thing I got to say is, you know, I don't shuck and I don't jive. I tell you like it is. And what we have is weak politicians. And the people, if we don't watch it, we're going to wind up being like France, Paris, Germany. Look at all the people they got coming over here on the border, and nobody's doing anything. Democrats don't want to do nothing. Republicans really ain't doing nothing. President Trump the only one that's doing anything. And they'll just scared to back him up. And where is the outrage of the people? This is what's making me mad. And the media, we know they fake news. They all, I, I want, we're on the radio, but I ain't going to say what I really, because I like to be at a bar you somewhere drinking and, and uh, having a good time and where we can cuss and fuss and really talk some stuff. But we got to be nice. But where is the media? Look at all that's going on. And as a young I'm going to be this way. A young black man, <laughs> I'm going to put it that way, as a young black man, how in the world did anybody let Barack Obama devour our country the way he did? People, what that man did, and they trying to say that Donald Trump divided us, that's a, I mean, if anybody got a mental disorder, they ought to know that eight years of Barack Obama was the division of America. Okay, it's been going on for decades, but like this, how can any black person, black person of color, since the Democrats love to use race like Joe Biden came out and did today on his outcoming, how could any black vote for a Democrat they the ones that kept me from going in the front door. They the ones that kept me from going to the same school as my counterparts. They the ones that came in the middle of the night, drug us out the houses. What is it? Why are the Democrats? Why I can't figure why black folks don't feel they have to vote for Democrats and Jews. How in the world can Jews vote for Democrats? They look what these people are doing, and look what they're doing now. I'm sorry, I get a little excited. Y'all ought to know me by now from being O'Shawn. I get a little excited, but this is a, this, uh, the statues going. What well, says Barack Obama? Why are they taking our statues? Down? I know these statues have been up for hundreds of years. What is it? Yeah, you, no media. You're absolutely. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, you bring up all the great points. I mean, look at – I've never been able to understand why majority of Jews in our country vote Democrat. It's the same ideology 
that killed millions of their people. And look, look at what the Democrats do to the black community. They continuously keep them in poverty. They, they, can, they constantly create problems in those communities so they can say they have a solution. I mean, it, it's, it's on and on and on. I mean, if anybody wants to be oppressed and be stuck in a terrible situation, vote for a Democrat. That's all I can, that's all I can say. And they never come through, guys. They never come through. I've known this years ago, years ago. I've been known about the Democrat. I tried to warn me, Sean, Joe Paddock, Rush Limbaugh, all the Martin. We tried to warn them about Barack Obama. We tried to warn them. I knew this back in 1967 in Detroit when the Black Panthers burnt the city up. I knew, and the Democrats, they still didn't do nothing. People, they tear their own stuff up. I'm sick of the race game. I'm tired. You be what you want to be in this country. You can go and be as high as you want to go. Look at how they, I mean, we tried to tell them about Barack Obama. Didn't nobody know nothing about him. I didn't know nothing about this guy. I was in there back in the sixties. I ain't never heard of this guy. I ain't know nothing. I know more about Donald Trump than Barack Obama. I grew up with Trump. I ain't never heard of this man. The man, the media had a did their job like they trying to do on Donald Trump. That country will be righteous, right quick. And Obama trying to take claim for this economy, guys. I'm gonna be frank with you. We weren't in no recession under George Bush when Barack said he took over. You know what happened? Bush didn't fight back like Donald Trump did. And the Democrats was mad at the war, and they bashed George Bush. He sat back and let him do it. And now Barack Obama comes in, and we're in a recession. We are? No. Now you come in in eight years, we were in a recession. Several jobs. Coal miners not getting no jobs. Hear me, hear me. Oh, there ain't no coal No manufacturing jobs. Oh, wait a minute. This is a big one. Uh, uh, Chevrolet jobs. Ah, they want no Chevrolet. You're cutting out a little bit, AJ. Yeah, they say Chevrolet jobs. Oh, it it ain't so Chevrolet. You know, this this is what he's saying about that. You know, and I'm like, dude, the man lied all, and, and they call Trump a liar? And then Barack Obama lied about the health care. We tried to tell him. Man, I can go on and on, but I don't want to take up nobody else's time. Boy, I, man, if you only knew, if the people only knew the truth about this man, and he walks in thousands out of work. Thousands, if you remember Cash for Clunkers, if you remember when he walked through the door, how dealerships started shutting down. People don't tell everybody. People don't remember this. Oh, Barack Obama got out of the economy front. What, what is, Bush had the economy running after 9-1-1. But then after the war, right. we told Bush to go get him, and then and, and Democrats turned the backs. I mean, yeah. if the truth can only come out. But, guys, I know I know it's time short. I, I can go on and on and on, man. It, it, the truth yeah, I, will set us I free. Do, Taking God, we got, I, I, I hear you. I, I, I hear you. I do, I do need to take a quick commercial, everybody. Stay on the line, AJ. We'll be right back. We have some more guests uh, that I need to introduce. So we'll be right back. Where can you find a burger inspired by flavors from near and far that mixes the smoky with the sass of the south? Combines the sweetness of summer with the tang of the country. For savory, sizzling, unexpected flavors. Well, you can find it at McDonald's. The new bacon smokehouse burger. It's 
the newest flavor of the signature crafted recipes by McDonald's. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind-the-scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. And we are back to the Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Now listened to in 23 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. Everybody, if you miss any past clips, past shows, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, thenextgenusa.com. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show a uh, very, very uh, popular guy. He's done a lot in his life. Uh, evangelist, uh, motivational speaker, activist, and best-selling author, Samuel Tolley. How are you, Samuel? Welcome to the show. I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. It's uh, good to have you here. Uh, your first time on the show. Um, you're a very, very smart guy, very talented. Uh, you're also a conservative, which, which is great. Uh, please tell everybody, though, you know, all, all the different uh, chapters you've been in through your life and all your accomplishments, how it all started for you. Um, I always like to get a bio when uh, people come on for the first time. Oh, whoa. We don't have enough time for all that. Uh, but I'll just say that um, let's, just, let's just say that, well, I retired in 2017 um, after putting in 42 years of collective work the last 25 or so in the property management field. But um, when people talk about walk away, I I pretty much left the Democratic plantation around 1985 during the second uh, term of Ronald Reagan. And uh, that's, you know, actually it was kind of interesting because at that time I decided to take my Christian walk seriously, and the more I started thinking about that and, and trying to walk in that direction, the more I found the incompatibility with the principles of the Democratic Party, and, yeah. you know, I started studying it because I was raised at a time where it was assumed that it was the Republican Party that was the party of Jim Crow, slavery, and and the such, but... You know, I also grew up at a time where 
I thought when I would watch the news or read my newspaper that I was receiving the news. And I used to feel sorry for the people in the Soviet Union because I'm thinking, well, wow, you know, all these people have is Pravda. They're not getting the real news. <laughs> so so once I started taking my, uh, my religion seriously and I started seeing the incompatibility, I was wondering, and then I was listening to this guy, Ronald Reagan, and I was saying, this guy does not sound like the monster they're making him out to be. So I start paying closer attention, and then I start studying. We didn't have the Internet as such and everything at that time, so I had to dig it up. And I found the true history of the Democratic Party. I found the true history of the Republican Party. They were, in fact, the party of Lincoln and uh, Park and of abolition and freeing the slaves. And the more I dug, the worse it got. And I found out that, uh, of course, the Democratic Party and the Great Society, which LBJ, and actually I was a product of the Great Society, so I lived that catastrophe where he pretty much decimated and destroyed the black family. So the more I found out, the more excited I became, and the more I wanted to tell other people. And to my astonishment, when I started telling people, Many of them didn't want to hear it. Um, I remember when I first started social media pretty much, probably as far as uh, maybe 11 years ago, I told this one fellow, I said, look, I can prove to you that the Democratic Party is the racist party it was and it still is right now. And he told me something that just blew me away. He says, don't waste your time. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, if I'm getting screwed with a square pole with no grease, I want to know what's happening. I want to stop it. I would like to know if somebody's taking advantage of me. And I found out, unfortunately, that there were many people that, doesn't, that don't want to know. Many people would rather stay uh, in the matrix, as it were, and live in a dumbed-down mentality or pride or whatever you want to call it or a cultist mentality. But I believe that uh, if you know what's going on, then you can do something about it. And if you if you understand history, then you can take care of it. Just like now, just like this situation where they're removing all these statues and everything. I have a different take on it. These people told them they want to get rid of all these, uh, you know, these Confederate statues because of what these people did. My thought is this. If you remove the statues 10, 20 years from now, Folks can say that stuff never happened, just like the folks were twisting us around with slavery and the Republican Party. I would say leave everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. This way we always know what to do, and we know what happened, and we know where to go. Yeah, yeah, well, very, very well said. And, you know, and, you know I, like the, I like the point that you just brought up about the statues because they've only, they only started making – a, a big deal about this and, and with all the hysteria and all the unnecessary drama just in the last couple of years, right after Trump mm-hmm. came in, you know, you have people, you have these politicians and activists on the left that are influencing these voters on the left and, and telling them how racist and terrible these statues are. And you have these, they're creating monsters when these people go and uh, destruct people's property. And there's been many people that have said, including Charles Barkley, that they've never thought a day in their life about those statues. And I've always said many times in life 
that the reason race is racism and, you know, discrimination and all this stuff, one of the strong reasons it exists, it's not the only reason, but one of the reasons is because people won't stop talking about it. What do the Democrats do every election cycle? They say how minorities are. They say how oppressed women are. They say how oppressed gays are. I mean, it's like when they say they try to put blacks in boxes, you know, they can't treat blacks and minorities like actual human beings. It's like it's all political pawn BS. You know what I mean? Well, absolutely. And I must say that Barack Obama was the best thing that ever happened to conservatives and blacks. Because many of these liberal Democrats, many of my friends, they, you know, they swore by the Democratic Party. And they believed that Barack Obama, he was going to come in there and, as he said, change America. He, he, they figured that he was going to get all this stuff done. And all he's really done is expose them for what they are. You know, a bunch of liars, a bunch of deceivers, a bunch of people that want to keep you dependent. And so, actually, he did us a great favor because now there's really no excuse uh, all this stuff that people have been buying all these years, and just like you mentioned Charles Barkley, when he said black people have been following Democrats for 50 years and they were poor and they're still poor. And that's all you're going to get. If you keep a, if you put a, a pacifier on somebody's mouth, um, they're going to suck onto that thing. you know. And, and, of course, we all realize that this is the reason why they do it. This is the reason why they want to open borders. They want to get as many dependent people as possible. As long as you can keep people dependent, on you, then you will have the power. And I always said, if you have the power, the money will follow. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And let's let's face the facts that Donald Trump has done better with black, the black community than any Republican president. Uh, the last time I checked, I think his approval rating with blacks was over 30%, which is unbelievable. I think it's probably higher than that because look how many people – are getting off the Democratic plantation from the black community. I mean, it seems like it's constantly happening. You have great people like Candace Owens. You have people like that that are shining light, giving, giving proper insight on what's really going on. And I think it's working. Look at people like Kanye West. Look at people like uh, Mike Tyson, Floyd Mayweather. All these people support Trump. You got uh, Jim Brown, the great Jim Brown. Uh, I mean, it goes on and on. Uh, Holerfield. Um, it is it is a good feeling though watching this and watching uh, so, so many people in the black community be able to think for themselves, being able to you know use their use their own mind and voice to do what to do to do what they want to do and how they want to vote, you know. Well, Donald Trump is an antidote to lies. I mean, <laughs> he, he it's amazing. I think God put him out here at this time for this purpose because he's not only exposing the Democratic Party; he, he's exposing Exposing the fake media Because there's no more pretensions now Obviously I mean you know these people for the last two years Were screaming Russia, Russia, Russia Now they want to scream conspiracy And anyone that's thinking And I'm sure a lot of liberals too are wondering well, Why you know come on We need to move on But it's all about the power And many black people Are no different than anybody else Folks like money in their pocket. And if they're getting paid, yep. they want to get paid. And we realize that the more people you allow over here that don't belong over here, that's competition, unnecessary, unwelcome competition for the jobs. Yeah. So, uh, yep. you know, you have to take care of your own house before you can take care of anything else. And I think that 
folks are starting to turn. It's going to take a little while, but there's many people that are starting to turn, and the Democrats are scared to death. Now, I believe that we need a two-party system. I I, I think it's absolutely vital that we have one because of the fact that man in his basic nature is corrupt. But I think the Democrats don't went so far off the hill that they're pretty much dead. And the Republicans, unfortunately, aren't as conservative as I am. If we had a more viable, harder, stronger conservative party, I'd be over there. Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I want to get some other people uh, in the conversation. I know people have thoughts. And uh, stick around, though, Samuel. Uh, I want to introduce um, Tom Papert. Are you with us? Means for America. You, you also, your show's doing really well. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm sure you've been listening. What are your thoughts on everything so far? You know, there's a lot of important stuff being talked about tonight. I think what we're seeing right now with black and Hispanic and other groups supporting Trump in record numbers, I absolutely agree. We are seeing a transformation in this country where people are walking away from the plantation or whatever you want to call it, and they're realizing that the Republican Party, at least under Trump, is a party of America. It's a party for unity. It's a party for everybody. We just want America to be great for everyone. So it's exciting to be alive right now. It's exciting to be a part of this and to really see things changing. You know, Trump has done one thing above all else, and that is expose the uniparty, where Republicans and Democrats for decades were playing the same exact game. You had a couple little blips. You had Ronald Reagan. You had a couple other great people throughout the years. But for the most part, the Republicans and Democrats have been playing the same exact game, and it's great that we finally have a light being shone on this. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Very well said. Very well said. Um, I want to I want to introduce uh, founder of Re- College Republicans United, founder of Republicans United, and currently the leader of Nationalists United, Kevin Dukeiper. I know you're a little late to the show, but uh, what are your thoughts, man, on everything? Well, thanks for having me, and it's always uh, it's a pleasure to meet you, uh, Tom Papert, and also Samuel. Um, I gotta say that uh, Trump has done absolutely uh, wonderful in all these categories, as you had mentioned, and uh, most importantly, the fact. Um, that he's really exposed the, the left for what they've uh, really done to um, uh, basically the whole dialogue. Uh, what we've seen with the Republican Party before is that it was so uh, fractured, um, fractured because the, the left has created this entire narrative stating that uh, we are not uh, uh, socially on board uh, with with the liberal policies, and what I mean by that is they've created such a social totalitarianism, um, where you're not allowed to say certain words, certain phrases. It's a PC culture, and what Trump has really done is he's proven that you can stand up and you can speak out the truth, say it how it is, and it's really empowered us Republicans tremendously uh, that that we could do this too, and it's it's really building the movement. So. Uh, I mean, I would really like to hear from uh, Samuel's opinion about um, especially the uh, black uh, community and also uh, other communities, what, uh, where they're at with uh, social conservative issues. Because what I've noticed with, um, like here in California, there's a Prop 8 where it was um, basically uh, keeping gay marriage um, 
as a uh, between a man and a woman, uh, the left did not expect that their uh, plantation, uh, mostly the black community, would vote against, um, would vote uh, in favor of uh, keeping the sanctity of marriage. And um, so now that uh, we have this community that is strongly supporting uh, Donald Trump and Republican uh, values more than than ever, uh, what do you guys think about uh, yeah. where they're heading, at least uh, socially conservatively? Right. Right. I want to get I want to get Samuel to respond, and I want AJ to respond. But first, I'm going to go to Clint. Clint, go ahead. Well, all I can say is you've had some amazing thinking going on here, some wonderful guests, uh, tremendous amount of energy, some critical thinking out of our last three or four speakers. Uh, couldn't agree more. You know, we've been war was declared on on this country in January of 2009 when Barack Obama took office. Uh, we yep. brought Saul Alinsky out of, the, out of the shadows and put him on the front page, okay? And unlike the Clintons, unlike Hillary, Bill was really just in it for the fun and, you know, the trips to <laughs> the Bahamas. But, uh, you know, Hillary's a true believer. Um, but she's sneaky. Barack Obama believes to the, such an extent. He's a very slick character also. But I have a very great Christian uh, black woman friend who was a regular listener to my show in Omaha here, and um, I took her to lunch on a regular basis. She's went to Harvard Law School and uh, before that was in medicine. This is a bright person, and she just made a very, you know, rather uh, obvious comment. It was not meant to be racist or anything else. She says, I've never seen a black man behave or talk to people like Barack Obama does, okay? And she was not being complimentary about it. Guy is was a master communicator. Don't think I'm too wound up or too conspiracy-oriented here, folks. I do think Oswald shot Kennedy, okay? Uh, but I, I will say that if you listen, and I'm not comparing Mr. Obama to uh, Nazi Germany, but I am saying if you listen to the cadence of the speeches that were given by Adolf Hitler, in the late 20s to about 1938, they are exactly like the ones Barack Obama gave, right down to the cadence, the emphasis, the body language. He didn't scream like uh, like the, the German did, or the Austrian did, rather. But the, the message was a drumbeat every time he spoke. And if you remember, he was on the campaign trail the entire eight years he was in office. He really only quit yep. campaigning when Hillary was running for election. Okay, that's about the time he stopped. Uh, but his whole thing was a, a big pep rally for socialism, yep. and it's beyond socialism. It, it really, socialism doesn't even begin to cover it. Somebody said earlier that they admired what the Hungarians have done. I lived in Hungary, uh, in Budapest, for five years. I had a business over there in the early to mid-'90s uh, when the wall had fallen. Hungarians who had suffered greatly uh, in World War One and Two? okay, they've lost 75% of the physical land in their country. They were once one of the powers of uh, the entire European political structure, the Austro-Hungarian Empire, those of you who are familiar with that, um, and I'm sure you all are. Uh, very inventive, creative, bright, uh, critical mass people, some of the great people in Silicon Valley, guys like Andy Groves and some others, Hungarians, some of the great motion picture people, Hungarians, some of the great thinkers out there, and musicians like Liszt, Hungarians, okay, from a pretty small country. Uh, the same with the Czechs 
the Slovenians, the Polish, they are uh, the people that this country, and I, I think Trump is doing some things about this, Barack Obama crapped all over all of these people. The first thing he, one of the first things he did when he was in office was he, he uh, got rid of the uh, missile defense uh, uh, treaty that was being uh, ratified at that point. If any, if any of you remember back in 2009, he shut that treaty and basically let Putin walk away uh, with everything. He got absolutely nothing in return except disrespect from that entire part of the world. And so, uh, you know, I, I, a major portion of the guests on my show over the last seven or eight years have been African-American conservatives who have come to the same kinds of conclusions that your very impressive previous speakers have come to. And, of course, Daryl was great, too. Uh, you know, I think the, the one thing Trump has really broken through on is he's made it okay to think and to reject the group think of the left. I mean, the Al, what's his name, Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, these people, this is a cottage industry for them. I mean, look at Jesse Jackson's books. Here's a guy that's never worked a real job in his life, has he? I ask you all, okay? What has he done? Yeah. Where did he show up for work, okay? And yet if you look at Rainbow Coalition, there are millions and millions and millions of dollars in their cash flow. He's a corporate shakedown guy, okay? Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Tamara Brawley's buddy, uh, Al Sharpton. I got to give him credit, Phil. This guy has lost a serious amount of weight, and I do respect him for that. Other than that, uh, this is this. They keep this whole uh, dialogue, this whole discussion, this whole disagreement going because it's the only thing the Democratic Party has to offer this country, and they know it. I'd like to get some thoughts yeah. on my on my observation. Absolutely, and. Uh... I, I do want to go to Dr. Branch. I, I, I know I have a couple people to get to, and I will. Uh, but, Dr. Branch, go ahead. Well, I'll tell you what. I like what everyone's saying. I, I'm just getting over the fact Clint called me a woman at the beginning when he said, our friend from Arizona, where she said that she likes to hear Donald Trump speak. But No, no, I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> you and I are friends. Uh, oh, I, I know. I I'm just joking. No, I thought your one senator was the man, but actually, uh, she has done some things that uh, are, are very helpful. And uh, oh, you know, I, I don't know who uh, Caitlyn Jenner's dating lately, but we can get to that some other day. But I'm sorry I brought it up. Anyway, go ahead, Bob. You're oh, I'm just I'm just joking with you, buddy. I'm just I'm just joking with you, my friend. I'm Absolutely, sorry. I want to go back to what Samuel's saying because you know I, I love when he's on, and I'll tell you what he's. You know, he's a brilliant individual, and, you know, if you look back, you know, to the Willie Lynch principles that that, that happened, where, you know, the, 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 the master pits one against the other, old against young, uh, lighter against darker, uh, you know, uh, male against female, you know, that's something that the Democrats have mastered. Uh, for an awful long time. And what Donald Trump has done, and this is what Samuel, I think, is saying, he has opened the, he has opened the eyes of many. And many now look and say, listen, we don't have to listen to this. We don't have to listen to the Democrats make us victims. We're not victims, not at all. And to me, that's the brilliance behind Donald Trump. 
you know, and when you hear like like uh, one, I mean, uh, what One American News, they always play this clip of Malcolm X calling uh, the inner city African Americans chumps for voting for Democrats. Well, the Democrats do nothing for them. And it's just because of the Willie Lynch principles that we have seen. And I'll tell you what, you know, Samuel, I, I'll tell you, I, I love you. And, uh, you know, anything I could ever do to help your efforts, again, contact me. But I, I, I'm letting you know right now, people are seeing the light. People now see that this is America for all, not just for a select few on the left that have tried to make everybody, everybody in this country victims. And, you know, I, I'm very proud of that. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm a strong advocate for President Trump. Very, very well very well said. Uh, Bill in Texas, go ahead, Bill. Well, you have to look at, you know, the the, the black community, the Democrats have systematically – destroyed every thing about that in their society or in their areas and in in themselves individually what trump's done is give them the light to see independence again for themselves the the yeah. democrats have instilled instilled laws that take the man out of the home that that makes a, a, a black woman dependent on how many child children she has in order for how much money she gets per month. They destroyed the educational system so that, that because it's just like the slave owners 200 years ago. You, they wouldn't educate slaves. Very, that they did that for a very, you know, if edu, you know, knowledge is power. So they destroyed the education system. Then they, they allowed massive drug uh, uh, proliferation through those communities with very little policing. And each one of these things is a contributing factor that, and, you know, with Planned Parenthood, with abortions, which, you know, promiscuity uh, arises. And so, you know, you, you go to Harvard or Yale or anything, trust me, it, it's not, not the diversity that they talk about. And they will say, well, they don't have the, the, the scores to get into our schools. And then we have a certain amount that the federal law says we have to have, but other than that, that's about it. Because they haven't allowed, and what President Trump has, has shown them is, is that you can be independent and you can have self-pride and you don't have to, do, to be into the same trap of every day being the same where you're waiting for a check and you're, because that's demoralizing. And so it's, when, you're de, when you have a person that's demoralized, it's very hard to get them out of that rut and get them beyond that without some type of hope. And that's what Trump said is, look, I'm going to set the table for you. Now, you know, you're going to have to sit down and cut your own meat and fill your own glass, and you're going to have to do these things. But if you do, the food's real good. So it's up to you. Yeah. You know, I can spoon feed you, you know, this crap. And like Democrats have, some of these Democratic holdings in, in these cities have been that way for 100 years. And But that's, a, that's the dependence that they've created. When you have a, a, most of the population that have either a drug addiction or addiction or a need for the money because of drug sales, then you also make it to where the, in, the, in the Congress where the criminalization of that incarcerates who? 
the males. Make the, the welfare to where if a, a black woman has so many kids, as long as she doesn't have a man in the house, she gets this amount of money. Destroy the education system and allow it, not only destroy it to where they get bad teachers and they don't learn things and stuff like that, but allow them to have any type of behavior they want. If they want to beat the hell out of each other in the classroom, you just stand by and take a picture in your video and and let it, and go take them into jail. And so it, it's not – if you look at, at this in a, on a grand scheme, and that's what you have to change. And the only way – it seems harsh, but the only way that you can change that is really removing those type programs with programs that say you have to do this and you'll gain this. But you're not going to just sit in a house and have kids or you're not going to sell drugs or you're not going to do this. You're going to have to actually – but once you once once people – and that's what the, the a lot of the black community is starting to see is, is that that chance for independence because that's a human craving. We all want to be self-sufficient and independent. Now we can have that. We can be beat up so much in life that we just want to eat tomorrow and we want to have a place to sleep and all that. But we, you can't take away the human dream. And that, like I said, that's to be the, your own king and your own castle, or queen, as you're, it were. You're absolutely right. Very well said. Uh, let's take a quick commercial, but I'm going to come right back. We're, we're going to talk with Tom, Samuel, AJ, and Daryl. I'm going to get your guys' thoughts. But we're going to go to a minute commercial real quick. We'll be right back. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaysSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey, I tried the patch, they didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. <clears throat> All righty, we are back. The Roaring Wide Coast to Coast. Listen to in 23 different countries on, on nearly 70 online platforms. And please visit our media site, the next, N-E-X-G-E-N-U-S-A.com. If you missed any past interviews, past episodes, any 24-7 breaking news coverage. And everybody, don't forget that I will be announcing in the coming weeks a lot of details about uh, my new media site and the many notable names that will be doing their own shows on their radio and TV. So very excited to share that with all of you. 
Um, I do want to go to uh, AJ. AJ, I know you've been waiting. I know you got a lot of thoughts. Go ahead, AJ. AJ, Tom, go ahead. Well, thanks for having me again. You know, I wanted to bring up something mentioned in the last segment that, you know, the, the Democrats have really done a great job, and not just the Democrats, the globalists in both parties. They've done a great job of dividing people based on what they look like, what, what color they are, what ethnicity they are, who they like to look at in a sexual preference. And it's been great to see the Democrats kind of self destruct in this mindset. Our friend in the College Republicans mentioned earlier. Uh, you had Prop 8 in California where the Democrats all of a sudden learned that Hispanic communities and black communities, they're very Christian. They're very traditional. They want the definition of marriage to be between one man and one woman. And then all of a sudden you see the Democrats turn on their precious people who they've spent years getting on the plantation and keeping them there with welfare and give-outs and handouts. And so that is one great part of the Trump administration that we've seen the Trump does not care what you do in bed, does not care what you look like. If you are a patriotic American, you are welcome. And meanwhile, the Democrats continue to get narrower and narrower. There was an article about two weeks ago in Slate where Pete Buttigieg, the mayor from South Bend, Indiana, who's now running for president, he was called out. You know, they, The article was titled something along the lines of, does Pete's homosexuality make him special? Or is he just another white man? So I'm loving being able to witness them eat each other alive and tear each other apart. It's really been one of my favorite parts of this uh, next election cycle as we rapidly approach 2020. Well, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it's a circus, and it's, it's hilarious how they're, they're going to go back and forth with each other, and they're going to fight way worse than any of the Republicans have ever fought each other. I mean, it's going to be a a complete uh, shit show. I mean, it's, I can't wait to see the first debates and see how they just go at each other's throats. Uh, Daryl, Daryl, go ahead. And then I'm going to go back to Samuel. So many many great comments, uh, starting with, with Kevin and and Clint, of course. Uh, Mike, Mike just blew me away. He just went over so many things that I think are are so, so critical there. Um, Certainly. I think that the, the point about, social conservatism in minority communities, and I've made this point for several years, the only people in the world that really prescribe to the attitudes and ideas of the, uh, you know, the, the Democratic Party in a, in a genuine sense are you know, affluent white progressives. Um, th- those are really the only people that, that sort of hold these views. So the other people are just kind of getting dragged along. Um, and, and you get this bizarre dynamic where, where yeah, I mean, you, you know, if you go down to a Southern Baptist or, you know, you go down to a black church in Alabama and you talk about, uh, you know, transgender restrooms, you know, you're going to get thrown out. Right. Uh, but, but yet, ironically, yeah, oh yeah. They, oh yeah. It, yeah and, and yet, ironically, the Democratic Party, it continues to uh, when it comes time to pull the lever, they continue to get 90 plus percent support from these groups. And, you know, there is obviously some, some positive things going on. We have some great people, people like Candace Owens, uh, other great leaders that come to mind, you know, Thomas Sewell, Larry Elder, Sheriff David Clark. Um, I do think that there is an element of uh, tokenism at play in the conservative party that I think should be addressed. Uh, I don't think, for example, that uh, Kanye West wearing a MAGA hat is some sort of a accomplishment in terms of a, uh, you know, a socially conservative maneuver, 
you know, we have this sort of collective collective climax over that where everybody is so excited that, you know, and I think that that actually does a disservice to, to real leaders, right. Um, where, uh, you know, where there's this, there's this um, desire to sort of provide a platform to anybody, anybody that comes from a different community so that we can say, look, you know, we have a Kanye West who, who likes us or, or this or that. Um, I do think that we want to be a party of standards, and I think that this goes back really to what Mike says, which is about getting away from handouts, and I think that that's absolutely our strength. We appeal to good men, right? We appeal to good men, good women, and good families, regardless of their skin color, uh, regardless of their background. And I don't think that we should be afraid to say that we have expectations, that we expect people on our platform to speak proper King's English, okay, uh, and, and these types of things, that we, we want to be a party of challenge, and we don't want to be afraid of that. And there are a lot of good people uh, from these communities that, that understand the things that matter, the, the faith and the family, the things that were ripped away by the left. You know, before, before the civil rights movement, out of wedlock birth rates in the African-American community was 15%. It's now, I believe, 70%. And, and, and whites have, have gone off in, in the wrong direction as well. But, uh, you know, these, these are the things that, that really need to be called out and pushed back upon. And, and I think that we need to, to not be afraid to own being a party that challenges. And, and I think it's a great point, Prop, Prop 8. You know, that was a great point that, that that came out. And that actually failed, and it failed because the minority communities that the left expected to go along and pull the lever the way that they do on a presidential election – Turns out that actually, no, they don't like that stuff. However, the other point to that is that what happened as a result of that? Well, they rammed it through via judicial activism, and same-sex marriage is now the law of the land. So, you know, let's not necessarily pop the, the, the champagne corks yet. We've got a lot of work to do, uh, but I think that absolutely that the key is a restoration of our traditional Christian values and encouraging appropriate male leadership. Uh, and, and positivity and not, not just pandering and not just celebrating anybody that's willing to come forward and say, you know, I support this. And that's, that's almost trying to play the left game. Let's not be afraid of, of being a party of contrast, right? We have, as I said, plenty of excellent African-American leaders that are impressive, that do challenge all these things. Sheriff David Clark, Larry Elder, Thomas Sewell, et cetera. Candace Owens doing great work with that. So that would be just sort of my my addition to that conversation is let's not let's not be afraid of actually um, of standing up with some some backbone and really really encouraging our movement to become a much harder and more aggressive uh, platform. Very very well said, Daryl. You, you couldn't have said it any better. I mean that was very well said, uh, Samuel. I want to go back to you. I want to get your thoughts on uh, the different uh, comments you heard. All right, uh, yeah, I wrote down a few notes. Let me start off by saying that <clears throat> I don't go by the term African American. I'm just an American. I'm a black man, but I'm an American. If we want to right. get in the picture, right? And I, I, I now, like I how you just said that. I have with I said for the longest, real quick. I want to say something real quick. I've said for the longest time when people say that they take the whole part of American out. It's like they're trying to put themselves in a separate category when people say Hispanic American, African American, Asian American. They just need to say American. You know what I mean? It's like the right. labeling is so unnecessary. I'll continue, though. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny. When I was a property manager, 
I worked with a couple of different guys. I worked with this one guy who was from Nigeria. So, you know, he was not, he, he became an American citizen. And so what would you call him, a Nigerian-American? You know, he was a black guy. But worse than that, I worked with a fellow from South Africa, and he was a white dude. So what do we call him? So once he became an American. But nevertheless, like I said, I, you know, I don't make a big fuss on it. If folks want to be African-American, I don't, I don't have a big deal with that. Um, but anyway, when you spoke of, uh, I forgot which gentleman it was. I had to take these names because I never met you guys. Hopefully I will one day. Uh, spoke of Obama and uh, Hitler. One thing I noticed about Obama, and if you ever go back and look at some pictures, look at some of the pictures, the way he held his head and the way Mussolini held his head. It's identical. Uh, but that was just a side note. Now, Proposition 8. He um, is literally Hitler. Yeah. Yeah, but in Proposition 8, which, of course, actually, I think it was the second one. We had, I think we had Proposition 22, because I live in Sodom South, which I call Southern California. Um, and, you know, I've asked the Lord for two things. You know, I figure if you're going to pray, pray big. I asked him for California and open up the minds of black people that are blinded by the Democratic Party. Now, California, I think one of you guys said you're from California. You know that we, uh, it's only by the grace of God that this state hasn't broke off and fell into the Pacific Ocean because it's bad as we went. But anyway, the problem with many black people right now is, they are morally, and I'm talking about, you know, just morally conservative when it comes to theological perspective, when it comes to family, when it comes to things like that. But they've, they've been, for lack of a better term, cultalized in this Democratic Party where you, you have your, 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 your beliefs in God over here and what he stands for, but then you've got this Democratic Party thing where you're almost like a Pavlo's dog where, you know, once they throw the ring the bell, you pull, pull the lever. And one of the things that I do, basically, in my social media, I, I got two different topics. I'm either going after a theological perspective. I deal with cults and stuff like that, so I've been in apologetics for 30 years. And I also deal with the um, political issues and trying to help black folks see that the Democratic Party, like I said, is the party of racism. So many people, they, they, they don't, they don't realize or either they, they, they truncated their thinking, whereas in one respect they believe in marriage between one man and a woman, but then they will vote for people like Obama and different folks that don't. Now, Obama claimed that when he was running for president that he believed that marriage between a man and a woman. Uh, it came out, obviously, that he didn't really believe that, but at the same time he was for abortion. Now, but he claimed to be a Christian. Now, none of those things add up. You can't believe in killing the unborn and be a Christian, although there's many people that think that. And as a black person, well, in his case, you know, Obama's what I would truly call an African-American because his mother is, is an American and his father is an African, but that's another story. But the, the fact of it is, is uh, the abortion industry in America, black women make up like 6% of the population, and we'll count for over like, they'll count for like 35% of the abortions. And the last time I've checked, I haven't checked for the statistics for 2018 yet, but from 2009 through at least 17 in New York City, more black babies were aborted than born each and every year. And that is the only uh, racial category where that has happened like that. And it's just, it's just ongoing genocide. And for the Democratic Party 
to demand that we give half a billion dollars to the destruction of ourselves, these are the kind of things that I put in the forefront of black people's mind every chance I get to let them know Planned Parenthood, you know, all, you know, the, the birth child of Margaret Sanger is just totally for our destruction and the destruction of all of us, but particularly black folks. So I think, uh, uh, you know, the, the um, black folks, by and large, are conservative until they get this, uh, they've been trained to think, oh, Republicans and conservatives are racist. But then the Democrats are a friend. But like I said, Obama's been one of the greatest helps because he's exposed the fact that they're not a friend. Obama stood over there and told a bunch of folks, I think it was at the NAAC meeting, to take off their house shoes and put on their marching shoes. Like one of you was talking about how he talks about, talk to people. Yeah, he, he was the most condescending person there was. But the media, of course, they propped him up just like they're trying to denigrate Trump now. But these things are... Uh, I think people are starting to see, and the more people that speak out, the more that can articulate what's really going on and force people to look at the reality of the situation, things are going to change. Yeah, and, and you know, your your thoughts on, on just how how ridiculous they've gotten with the slavery reparations, I mean, with what, with what they're putting on the table, uh, it, it's, it's scary. I mean, it's scary because they're – generalizing how they think every black person feels. And we all know a lot of black people have issues, have issues with this, especially the conservatives. But there's a lot of blacks on the left that think they are owed this, which is a scary, scary ideology. Well, then I would say that if they want to get reparations, let's get it all from the Democrats. Get, yeah. get, it, oh, get yeah. every last name of it from the Democratic Party, from for, from the Democratic leaders, get it from them. Don't touch my money. Don't touch any 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 black person or any white person, anybody that's not a Democrat. It was those folks that did it. I mean, no, the reparation thing is ridiculous. Uh, you know, it, it's another attempt to pander. It's another attempt to stick another pacifier on somebody's mouth. It, it, it's just the same old thing. Uh, like I said, they, they drudge up this stuff. How come they didn't drudge this up when Obama was in office for eight years? They just drudge up these things. Because they're trying to, they're 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 trying to, to get the emotional response out of people, you know. They don't think that people think, and they don't want people to think. They just want them to respond, just like the police killing. Maybe the police kill 140 black people a year, and most of those killings are legitimate. Whereas we got almost like what 900? I mean, excuse me. Like I said, over 300,000 black babies being aborted every year. What are you going to concentrate on, a pimple or, or, or you know, four-stage cancer? So, you know, the media and the Democratic Party, the media, which is their proper end arm of the Democratic Party, obviously, they push this kind of stuff. And, of course, now we have to deal with the social media watchdogs like the Twitters and the YouTubes and everybody that's trying to truncate our access to people because they don't want people to see folks that think they don't want us to think. And if you think and if you articulate something, maybe everybody won't stand up and say, yeah, I, I get it. But some of them are saying it, and many of them get it. Some people just aren't uh, strong enough intellectually or they're too fearful of losing their jobs or whatever the heck it is just to stand up and say what needs to be said. Um, 
I, you know, I'm thankful that when I was working, I, I said what needed to be said. But it's fortunate that I don't have to deal with it now. <laughs> you know, just like then what I say, if a man comes to work dressed as a woman, you got to treat her like it's normal. Well, that's not normal. It's abnormal. And I'm not going to sit up yeah. there and call something normal. But, of course, in New York City, you know, if you're a business and some guy says he want to be Mrs. Josie, you, you don't call them. They'll try to find you. This is all liberal yeah. nonsense. You're absolutely right, and you know how, what. Let me ask you this: what What would you do uh, to improve relations in these in the community, in the black community, and you know, with different groups? And, and how would you convince these these people that are kind of in doubt uh, that uh, the Democrats are no good for them? First thing I would do is try to get vouchers passed, because uh, you know I was just reading a day where. Uh, in 2017, I think 13 schools in Baltimore, uh, zero children were proficient in math. But when I grew up in California in the 50s, California, I think, was number one in education. Now we got people yeah. laying on the streets all over the place. we got American citizens in the streets where, we, where they want to bring in these illegals and stuff. Give the people back the power. So, you know, yep. you know, the children are being indoctrinated with the socialistic uh, paganistic secular mentality. They don't know what the heck is going yep. on. You tell little Joe he can be Josie, and 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 and, and you know, and then you come home and you try to teach him. No, you're a boy. So, but if you give the parents back the power, because we fooled around, and I blame this on us Christians and us conservatives by allowing the the, the liberals to to you know run the gamut with the Tom Dewey uh, uh, agenda and all this stuff and changing the whole mentality of the public school system. I mean, since 1962, when they took out the Bible, or they took out prayer, and then they took out the Bible the next year or whatever, there's no foundation. There's nothing That's to right. stand on. So we need to re-educate our children, and the only way we can re-educate our children by is having control over the children. That would be the thing to me. You get control over the, the next generation. See, we, we don't have to worry about us. We know where we stand. And just like Hitler said, he was telling them folks, I got to worry about you. I got your children. So the children is the one we have to focus on. And people like uh, the President Trump, uh, we got to support him. And the real enemy, in my opinion, which they don't want to yell at too much because they got to worry about Trump, is, is, is Pence. He is the real right. enemy of the left. You know, he's the one that yep. they really want to get to, but they had to get rid of Trump. They got four years of him and then Pence, because Pence is a conservative Christian. And he's not going to tolerate a whole lot of the mess. Exactly. So that was it's very me. The vouchers is number one as far as giving parents control. Just like they got the enterprising, even the enterprising zones where Trump is putting all this money in the black community. A lot of folks don't even know about this stuff. Businesses do, but a lot of people, because the media is not telling everything. And we need to alert people to different uh, media sources like One News Now, different, different places where they can get factual information without all, all the propaganda. But I think we're moving in that direction. There, like I said, there's a lot of voices now that are being heard, that they can't keep silent. And as long as yeah. these people are being heard, then things are going to change. Exactly. Can yeah. I make a comment about what you're asking? Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Glenn. Yeah, please. I, I live here. I, I, I lived in Southern California for 35 years in the Bay Area, so I know uh, – a lot about what some of our California friends uh, 
are talking about my family's still out there. I'm probably going to move my operation back out there. But I've lived in Omaha, Nebraska for the last seven years. It's in the exact middle of the United States, most known for the Strategic Air Command and Dr. Strangelove and how I learned to or how I learned to quit worrying and love the bomb, pretty much, and for the Nebraska Cornhuskers until Tom Osborne quit. But uh, in the Omaha public schools, over the last seven years, uh, people on my show and I have taken on the Omaha School Board, who has documented it and, and put out a comprehensive sex education policy for all students in the Omaha public schools from the age of five to the age of 18. And by the time you're seven years old, you might not know how to spell anything or read anything or add two and two, but you know how to put a condom on a cucumber, okay? Mm-hmm. You know what gender fluidity is. You know enough to question whether you're really a little boy or a little girl. At a time when you really don't care, you may not be aware of what the differences are, and they aren't something that has to do with, you know, uh, being outside playing in the schoolyard or doing things other kids do. I'm not saying this because I'm trying to jump all over, take too much of my time or too much of the group's time. Far greater minds on this show tonight than mine. The only point I'm making is that if it can happen in Omagod, Bugahaw, Nebraska, uh, on the Missouri River in the middle of nowhere, and it's a great city, by the way. I'm not putting it down. It can happen. It is happening anywhere. And I don't think any cabinet member of Donald Trump's uh, I mean, there have been a couple of exceptions, certainly. Betsy DeVos has been absolutely exoriated by the left. Every day, everywhere she goes, for the last two years, she has been attacked. Anybody want to yes. comment on that? I do. We do got we do got to move on to the next segment here in about a minute. But, Samuel, I'll let you respond. Absolutely. She has been, and they're teaching the same nonsense out here. Matter of fact, they got a, they got a bill in California right now where they're trying to make it so you cannot expel a disruptive kid only if they were fighting or bringing in drugs. And, and a lot of the parents don't understand, or they're not paying attention. The reason why they don't want to kick them out is because they need the body in the school to make the money. They don't care about educating the kids, other than the sexual education kind of stuff. That's why I said we need to get the power back to the parents. Not the school boards, okay. not the NEA or whoever the heck the educational right. union is. We need to get the the, right. the power back to the parents. Yep. Very One well of the said. biggest Very lobbies well in said. the country is the NEA. Yeah. And it's all with um, I want to – I got to take a quick commercial. I want to take a one-minute break, um, and then I'm going to come right back. Uh, we got a little more to talk about. We'll be right back, everybody. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, Please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. And we actually we gotta do one more commercial. One more. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. 
Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. And we are back, everybody. Rory Sauter Show, coast-to-coast, worldwide, border-to-border. Listened to in 23 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. Everybody, we've had a great show tonight, great show. Uh, I do want to bring up the fact, though, and uh, this is obviously on everybody's mind in so many different uh, situation instances lately of how it's affected us. But before I get to it, I, I do want to make a few quick announcements with headline news today. Uh, China, I, I, know, I mean Canada and the Philippines could possibly be going to war. And, and I don't have a whole amount of time, a lot of time to do to talk about this segment, so I will be talking more about this on the next episode. But just to pinpoint it, we know what Canada is doing to the Philippines. They're basically taking all their trash and dumping it in the Philippines like it's like they own like they own the Philippines. Like just so, so much entitlement, so much uh, evilness and dirtiness. And I like this new leader in the Philippines. I mean, he's telling pussy boy, soy boy Trudeau, you know, you better stop this crap. You got a week to to knock this off, or we're going to take you to war. And I would not mess with the Philippines. I would not mess with these guys. These guys are are tough tough people. Also want to say uh, Putin and Kim Jong-un uh, met uh, today, which was uh, very interesting. Uh, we'll probably know a lot more information about that uh, in the coming days and, you know, whatever deal they may have made. If they did make a deal, uh, we'll definitely get into details about that on the next episode. Um, another thing I found fascinating, and I won't get too much into this because we don't have time, but Obama didn't even endorse Joe Biden after he launched his 2020 campaign today. Uh, you know what? I, I wonder why that is. Uh, you know, and I'm sure people have answers on the line, and, I'll get, and I'm going to get to everybody's thoughts, and uh, we'll talk about it. But it's, it's a little odd because, you know, they were, at least it seemed like, when, when, they, when Biden was vice president and Obama was president, they seemed like they were side by side, hip by hip. I don't know. Uh, it's just it's a little weird. And, you know, we're talking about fake news a little bit earlier. Great sign. CNN primetime falls into last place. I mean, it, 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 this is proof right here. People are walking away from the dumpster fire that, that CNN is. It's a, it's a terrible cesspool epidemic over there. I mean, the, the crap that they report and the hysteria and the overdramatic uh, reactions from these people, is, it's sickening and it's, it's laughable. It really is. Um, but, guys, I want to get into the, the big topic, which is tech censoring. Um, I love that our president is taking action on this, taking control. He met with the CEO of Twitter the other day, Jack Dorsey, and you know, basically uh, putting into perspective and addressing uh, the problem of all us conservatives getting censored and, and our stuff getting hit, uh, you know, taken down because you know it's because these these companies want to, and it's it's an, it's and it's totally an invasion of our First Amendment rights. You know, they want to take down stuff because they don't agree with us. And they're worried that we're influencing other start voting Republicans. And uh, the fact that we have a president that is addressing this matter is so huge and pivotal. Because think about how important social media is to everyday, everyday lives. Many people make all their money on there. It's their livelihood. 
So, I mean, you're messing with people's lives when you try to ban them from your platform because you simply disagree. And it's totally anti-American and, like I said, an invasion of our First Amendment. So addressing this matter is one of the most important things facing our country right now. Let's face it. We have a huge election coming up in 2020. We have, uh, you know, and people get their news from social media these days. Not as many people read the newspaper anymore. So th- this is one of those things that uh, is being taken, taken seriously, and uh, it's definitely uh, not going to uh, fly on Trump's watch. You know, Trump, you know, is talking to these people right now, but it, and they say that they've had good conversations and come up with certain agreements, but if they don't fulfill their end of the bargain, don't think Trump is just going to let this go. He's not going to let this go uh, because, you know, he has people that are close with him that have been censored, that have had to, you know, uh, deal with this struggle. And I'm pretty sure he has himself, so he knows how it feels. Um, Dr. Branch, I want to go to you. Go ahead. Tell you what, there was a lot there in your in your question. Uh, first of all, oh, you're cutting out. You're cutting out. Yeah, there was a lot in, in better, your question better, right there. Yeah, there was a lot in your question there, Rory. And, uh, you know, it's pretty astute that, uh, you know, Biden – uh, was not endorsed by Obama. Uh, and, you know, if, if you look at the political climate, uh, he just doesn't want to get involved in it. I mean, when you look at Trump and you say, you know, the right says, hey, look at, uh, you know, all the great Trump did, the left says, yeah, but he's a man. So the president candidates on the left have to apologize now for being a man. Then, and you say, well, President Trump. <laughs> it, it, well, that's what I was just going to say. Then you say, well, Trump did the X, Y, and Z, and you loud his accomplishments. Then they say, well, Trump's white. Then you have <laughs> the left presidential candidates apologizing for being white. You know, and it, it, it is it, it is shocking that we are now at the place that we are at in. America. You know, uh, I know that you and Samuel both said that, you know, regarding hash, uh, you know, hyphenated Americans. You know, it, it last last century you had Theodore Roosevelt in two, in 1915 right at the the brink of the start of the uh First World War saying that there is no such thing as a hyphenated American. There is only Americans. Hyphenated Americans are enemies. But he wasn't talking about African Americans and that. He was talking about the Italian Americans, the German Americans, people standing up. And I believe you guys are correct. We are Americans. So let's just get rid of the hyphenated. You know, we are Americans. And I cannot believe that America has gotten to where it's at. And, 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 and Canada's uh, gall. Let's let's ship all of our garbage to the Philippines and then say how green we are. I mean, that is that's just that's just outrageous. Uh, You know, and I'd like to hear what other people's thoughts are on that. Absolutely. Uh, Clint, I'm going to go to you. Go ahead. Go ahead, Clint. Well, yeah, I mean, and that that, of course, we've seen the the shift of Canada to the left. It's it's no big uh, shock up there but it, it is indicative i, I agree uh that, it, that there's so much hypocrisy so much um uh, misuse of statistical information 
on this whole green movement and this whole green initiative that what's her name has come up with and the cost and the impact on people. Um, yeah, there's somewhere out in the Pacific ocean. There's a big uh, pile of garbage floating around the ocean, the size of Texas. Does anybody know if that's true or if that's just another one of these myths that are out there? Am I, am I, did I, did I read something wrong or have we really reached that point? And aren't there I know technologies it's, I know it's out bad. There? I mean, there, there have to be technologies available to us. Uh, why we haven't pulled the trigger on them, I don't know. I know Obama wasted an awful lot of money on things that didn't work in 2009, 10, 11, and 12, which uh, just coincidentally happened to be owned by uh, people that had contributed largely to his campaign. Um, many of them had to do with solar power and other foul fantasies that he had. Um, you know, it, it really is. I mean, the Philippines has been dumped on for so many years, and it's struggled. Uh, but I wouldn't mess with this military, as I think you said, Rory. I think that <laughs> the Canadians might buy their hands full. I don't even know uh, what the logistics of fighting that kind of a war are and what the Canadian war plan for uh, taking on the Philippines would be. It, it seems like something right out of uh, uh, of Stanley Kubrick to me. It's a 2001 Space Odyssey kind of a question. But the, you know, the Bible says that in the final days there will be more and more wars and rumors of wars. And uh, certainly as a, as a kind of an evangelical Christian, I look at some of these things and say, you really can't make these things up. It, it, this is this is surreal to me. The things that are going on in the world are beyond comprehension of a rational human being. And I, I'd like to get some, some of the other panelists' uh, take on that. I, 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 I shake my head and I go, how did they dream this up, and does anybody really believe this stuff? Right. Uh, uh, let's go to Tom. Tom, go ahead. Um, you know, when it comes to this radical Green New Deal type stuff, I was just in an argument with somebody last night where, you know, everybody is all concerned the bees are dying. And without the bees, we all die. All crops will fail. The world will end. And I just did a couple, you know, I'm on search engines doing searches, and I'm finding academic articles that say, no, the bees are fine. The, the honeybees are completely fine. In fact, they're not even native to North America. You do some more reading. Well, the North American bumblebee is also more or less fine. It's on the endangered list, not because it's about to go extinct, but because of this. And if it did go extinct, you may not have quite as many flowers in the spring, and that's about it. So I think it's largely insane but you know it all goes back i think to what you were talking about a moment ago rory which is tech censorship they don't want us to be able to put out the correct information they want to control the narrative because if they can control the narrative they can control the culture which i think goes back even to some of the stuff we were talking about in the last segment if they can you know i believe 100 percent in what the late great andrew breitbart said that politics is downstream from culture so they're trying to make it cool to be green and we're going to demolish every building in the United States and rebuild it green, and it's going to create all these jobs. They're just like in 2008, we all saw the media fawn over Obama that was saying, we finally have a president who has swagger, and they made him sound so cool and so sexy and so amazing. And really what Trump represents is the fact that he now controls – to an extent, the culture. The media doesn't just get to put something out there because nobody's watching CNN anymore and say that that is the truth. 
And that is the most fantastic thing. And again, it's largely because President Trump bypassed them using social media. And it also goes back to things like Kanye West, because Kanye West, he doesn't need the media. He doesn't need anybody to relay what he has to say. If he wants to say something, he'll tweet it out, and every conservative journalist worth their salt will talk about it, because otherwise they're being negligent in their duty. So that's why I think it is so amazing, getting back to some of the things we were talking about in the last segment and relating them to this, you have Kanye West, the man who said that George Bush hates black people. He's got uh, uh, songs from the early 2000s blaming Republicans for every major war and so on and so forth. And he comes out and he says, you know what? I was wrong, and I was wrong, and here's why. I read the articles. I did my own research. I'm a free thinker, and now I'm going to wear my Trump yeah. hat. So, so yeah. go ahead. Very, very, very well, well said, Tom. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Go ahead. Continue. You're, you're continuing. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that, and, and it really does all come back to tech censorship because if they can control the narrative, then they have no hope or then they have no reason to fear the conservatives. And, you know, it really is about this culture. It's about the memes. It's about the articles. It's about shows like this, which would never have existed 20 years ago without the tech that is now coming to censor us. And we know exactly what all of these lunatics believe. I mean, you read about Jack Dorsey. And he's this hard leftist. He's a nutcase. He takes an ice water bath every morning, and he says that it's the most liberating time of his day because then he can take on the world. You've got the Vajaya woman. I don't think I say that right, but I have no idea, who is essentially a far-left Marxist. You look at the stuff she follows on Facebook, and she follows essentially a Linskyite personality. She's a big fan of the Women's March, and she's the one who determines who gets banned and who doesn't get banned. I personally, my Facebook page got him for Trump. I've been banned six times on Facebook, and every single time I use their own engine, I use their own tools to try to fix that, to try to get a little bit of uh, First Amendment back in my life. I go and I launch a giant Facebook campaign, and I tell people, and I get journalists involved who then have their own alternative media channels that is goes out on Facebook and tech. So I think it is really the linchpin to undoing everything that President Trump has done if they can successfully strangle us out on big tech and return us back to the 1980s where if they say something, then it is fact. And so I'm very thankful and grateful that President Trump is finally taking action. There were rumors that he was planning executive action earlier uh, this year and last year to try to stop some of it, but perhaps just meeting and intimidating more or less – I don't want to – say that he's threatening anybody, but talking to these people one-on-one, humanizing himself to Jack Dorsey, maybe that is the way forward, and I'm extremely optimistic. Very, very well said. Uh, Bill, Bill, go ahead. Well, I think the Jack Dorseys and the Mark Zuckerbergs, and and that is a, a part of the symptom. What we don't talk about is ABC, which is the parent company to Google. And these tech companies are dependent on Google. How do, you, how do you have a Twitter without Google? You don't. How, so that's where that's really where this is all coming from. They pump these, you know, the, the Jack Dorsey is just another AOC that people have built up and say, oh, we're going to make you rich, and you're going to think you're powerful, and you can do this, but you're going to conform to these, these what we decide is the norms. And that, like I said, that's all coming from from ABC, the parent company of of Google and and Google themselves. So, we, you know, it's good to focus on the Dorseys and the the Facebooks and the Twitters and stuff like that. But 
they're just serving their masters. And so that's that's really where you, you have to focus because, you know, it, it, in Silicon Valley, it, and a lot of people don't know this, is that people who work for Google and work for Microsoft and things, they send their children to schools and they are allowed no technology. They use pencils and paper and chalkboards and books and read. And so so you that's that's really and with, with Obama and Biden, Obama's not gonna endorse Biden. He oh, Biden's not gonna attract the Snoop Dogs and the Beyonce's and and all these other fabulous Hollywood elites that, that Obama craves so badly to get patted on the back. He's got all the allegation or allocations from from the the Biden people. So he's he's not going to, you know, if he happens to win the 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 nomination, sure. Then he's going to say I stand behind Biden. He was my great <laughs> vice president and blah 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 blah. But I guarantee you if it comes down to a close race and Snoop Dogg and Cher and Beyonce and and 20 other Hollywood elites are standing over next to whoever it is, you know, Camille Harris then that's where Obama's going to go because that that's it that's his nature. You watched it the 8 years he was there. They, he's he's enamored by that. And and Biden doesn't provide that to him. So it wasn't a big shock to me because like I said he's nobody that Obama wants to say you're a great president. He doesn't want to hear that from the Joe Biden types and the the democratic worker that works 9 to 5. He needs that that fame and glory. Um, for his own ego. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Very, very well said. And uh, we do have about three minutes left, so I, I do got to hurry up. But uh, Bill, just in case we do uh, get disconnected because we're running out of clock, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Super Elite Texan. Yep. Okay. Very, very good. Uh, Kevin, I know, I know you have thoughts. Go ahead, though. Please go quickly. Absolutely. Well, there's no tool that's more important and more crucial for the right wing than the social media or just being able to speak out, get this information across, and that's what's made such an impact on these this last election, and it will continue to do so. And what we have right now is a big paradigm shift. People are leaving TV because they, they understand how much it's lying. I mean, truly, everything on TV, maybe not so much Tucker Carlson, I would say, but uh, – all of media is owned by six companies. Six companies own all the media, and they're all on the same boat with uh, this liberal agenda. And this is the social totalitarianism I was talking about before. And we, what we need to do is uh, get people onto social media and give them the voice. Uh, an Internet Bill of Rights comes to, to mind with me because there's only six uh, social media companies, and they're in the same media slant. So Trump really needs to take action on this to make sure that uh, our voice is uh, preserved. And I think uh, we have a very bright future ahead. Very well said. And tell everybody where they can find you. Yes. You can find us at nationalist United on Facebook or find me uh, Kevin DeKuyper. Thanks everybody. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Dr. Branch, please tell everybody where they can find you. Yes. Thanks for having me on tonight, Rory. Great, great channel tonight. Um, I don't know what's – Dr. Branch, what, always when you, you start talking, you can, it cuts out, but then you come back. You're good. I'm you're sorry good about now. that. You can follow me on Twitter at 
Bob Branch at B-O-B-B-R-A-N-C-H. And thanks for having me on. Great panel and great show tonight, Rory. Thank you, Dr. Branch. We'll see you, we'll see you next week. Um, I also want to get Clint, Clint, please tell everybody where they can find you. Timing is a little Clint. bit uh, unknown at this point, but I will be doing a show on Rory's network. It'll be a two-hour, a one-to-two-hour show Monday through Friday. It'll probably debut sometime in May. And then we have a major project I'm not willing to unwrap just yet that I think will potentially have a major uh, thrust and a major impact on, on the conversation nationally. And I would love to have all of the people that have been on this program tonight as guests on that program when we, when we unfold that. That's probably mid-year. Thank you very much, Rory. Per- perfect. Uh, let, let's go to uh, Tom. Please tell everybody where they can find you. Well, thanks again for having me on tonight, Rory. It's been a pleasure. You can find me on Facebook. I'm God Emperor Trump, Twitter, at Real G.E. Trump. And if you'd like to read some of my articles, I'm at BigLeaguePolitics.com. Thanks again. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Samuel, I- I'm going to have you back soon. There's so much I wanted to get into into with you tonight with talking. I mean, there was a lot a lot to address, but I didn't. we didn't have enough time. But I will definitely get you back on. Please tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, they can find me on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube under my name, Samuel Tolley, T-O-L-L-E-Y, or under my website, inhimfirst.com. Perfect. Samuel, uh, you've been an amazing guest. We'll have you back soon. Thank you, sir. Had a good time. Thank you. All right. And. I want to I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. It's been a fantastic show. I want to thank all my audience, my guests, my co-hosts and sponsors. Um, we've got so much addressed tonight, so much talked about. Uh, amazing dialogue. Uh, don't forget we're listened to in 23 different countries and on nearly 70 online platforms. And uh, if you miss any past episodes, past clips or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, thenextnexgenusa.com. And everybody, we will be having uh, many things to announce in the coming weeks regarding the the notable people that will be doing shows on our networks, uh, radio and TV. So I can't wait to share that with all of you. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Uh, We will be back with you on Monday. Uh, I'm Rory Sodder. Thank you for tuning in to the Rory Sodder Show. God bless. Cheers, everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.